Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode number 395 of the Maluli Asset Management Podcast. Uh, this is Tim Maluli back in action with you today, and I'm here with Tom. How you doing? I'm good. Happy to be here. Yeah, me too. It's been a while since I've been on a podcast and done an intro like that, so good to be back in the saddle. We're going to talk about the Fed, but not in the way that they've been in the news for pretty much this entire year. Um we're going to talk about a side of the Fed that I think people aren't really talking about too much. Yeah, it's called the truth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or, or just I say the facts. Or, yeah, the, the rest of the story, Good. I think. Or, Good. or That's better. Yeah. Before we get into that, I'll, one of the, the points that I wanted to say that's not going to fit neatly into this discussion, it's a little awkward, but I want you to think back, listeners, to someone you knew growing up who used to just take a headline off the TV news or see a headline in the paper. They wouldn't read the whole story. They wouldn't read any of the story. They would just see the headline, and they would run with it, shooting their mouth off, and they, you know, you would scratch your head and say, God, that person's really naive right. or, yeah. or just n- uninformed. Multiply that times 100 million on social media today, and this is what we're up against. It's not fair because people are hearing whoever is the loudest voice screaming out there, and they have a lot of bad information or incomplete information or just plain wrong information. Yeah. It's difficult, I think, um, especially as advisors, because what you just described could apply to any industry or any any walk of life whether it's entertainment music uh, movies you know celebrity gossip or you know what more important stuff like financial news and financial headlines and it's it's difficult because it it's pushing people to make decisions with with their money that have serious consequences it's difficult to to set people straight just parse through the truth find out where you know where the answers really are yeah and everyone just takes a headline nowadays and and you know it, it it's been happening for a while but they just extrapolate this headline what's happening now it's going to happen forever uh right. and, and going to doomsday yeah and things just get taken to the extreme and it's it's our job to you know throw throw some water on that fire yeah and just to help our clients not make bad decisions yeah rash decisions or decisions based on an incomplete or inaccurate story yeah so let's talk about the treasury and let's talk about you know for 10 years we've heard about qe quantitative easing right and now we're at the stage where it's it's called qt quantitative tightening and people are just losing their minds yeah to kind of give a background on what we're what we're about to talk about when the pandemic hit in in 2020 the fed you know started taking action and they started buying up all of these these bonds and these fixed income securities and mortgages um for the listeners out there can you kind of explain like their thinking behind that and why they did that in the first place before we dive into what they're doing now sure so uh, when the Fed started, everyone calls it printing money. Right. 
they didn't actually print money. What they did was they went into the open market and they said, we are going to buy treasury securities and we're actually going to buy some mortgage-backed securities. Now, they're not buying Tim or Tom's mortgage. Right. They're buying mortgage securities that are under or backed by Ginnie Mae, which is a government agency. Right. It's not even a government-sponsored agency like Fannie or Freddie. It's a government-sponsored agency. Yeah. So they're in there buying government securities. What happens when I buy a security from you? What do you get? Money. Money. Right. And so when these banks started participating with the Fed to sell their treasury bonds and their government bonds to the Fed, the banks got cash. Right. So during the time of the pandemic, when there wasn't a lot of economic activity going on, they were taking these actions to to give money to the banks to pump money into the system right. to keep things moving. Right. So that brings us to today. Fast forward two plus years later, I believe it starts technically June 15th. Right. Um, so in a, in a few weeks, this QT is going to begin. Do you want to explain what that is? All right. So the Fed now has all of these securities, these uh, you know mortgage-backed securities, but mostly they've got a lot of government bonds. They've got bills, notes, and bonds. Bills, treasury bills, don't come with a coupon. They're short-term. They come due in nine months or less. They don't pay uh, interest. You buy them at a discount and they come due. Uh, treasury notes, treasury bonds have coupons attached to them, so they're called coupon securities. And that'll be important as we kind of move through this discussion. And so what the Fed is now doing is they're saying, to use the headline, we're going to now sell, uh, we're going to start with $95 billion worth of treasury securities. And then we're going to escalate that to $128 billion worth of securities per month for the foreseeable future. Right. For maybe 60 months, five yeah. years of this. And people are just, when they only read the headline, they are just losing their minds because they're like, who is going to be buying all of these bonds? And if there's more and more bonds for sale, what happens to the price? There's more in the market. Right. So the price is going to go down. People are just going to just lose money, lose money, lose money everywhere in bonds and then that'll spill over into the stock market and the economy, and we're all going to, you know, jump off the cliff. Right. And so that's the headline version of it. But when you mm -hmm. kind of dig down a little deeper, uh, a lot of what they're doing isn't necessarily selling. They're just not reinvesting the proceeds of these bonds that are coming due. Yeah. Um, so it's really it's not a it's not a sale it's just not a buy not reinvesting yeah. that's right and so it's important to just grasp for a second the magnitude of what the Fed what's happening with the with the Fed the the interaction between the Federal Reserve and Treasury mm -hmm. okay so the Federal Reserve now holds something above eight trillion dollars. Their, their balance sheet is just, it's never been this big. Right. And so every month they've got 
$128 billion coming due. That's a lot of cash. I, yeah. <laughs> so what they've been doing is every month for the last two years is as 120 some odd billion dollars comes due, they've been reinvesting it. They've been taking that cash and buying more bonds, bills, and notes right. in the open market. All right. And so they've been continuing to grease the wheels. Yeah. Okay. So now what they're saying is, hey, starting in June, with our money that comes due, our bills that come due that month, uh, we're not going to reinvest it. So well, I think, you know, on a basic, like the, the most basic level in 2020, they put money into the system. And now here in 2022, they're taking money out of the system or well, just not continuing to put money into the system? They're not continuing to do it at the level that they have been doing it. And so what they're going to do starting this month is uh, they're going to receive $128 billion in proceeds from their treasuries, uh, treasury bills, notes, and bonds, but they're only going to reinvest $98 billion in the same thing. So that means that they're just going to buy $30 billion in fewer bonds, okay? So they had been reinvesting $128 billion a month. Now they're going to do $98 billion a month. So there's $30 billion that the market has to soak up. Now, look, between friends, $30 billion sounds <laughs> like a lot of money. Yeah. But for a market like the Treasury market, that is quite literally a drop in the bucket right why are they choosing to do this now um what kind of benefit does this have to the market overall or the economy does this kind of work hand in hand with what they're doing with rate hikes sure so the it, it's important to listen to the fed when they do come out with their announcements that they really are giving us the answers to the test. Yeah. And if we can get the, the raw answer from Jay Powell without CNBC or the New York Times or someone else interfering and mangling the message, you really do get the answers to the test. So the Fed has been saying now for months that the economy can stand on its own. It doesn't need this support. And so they want to begin shrinking the size of the balance sheet at the Fed. Now, the balance sheet is over $8 trillion. It's ginormous. And so shrinking it $30 billion a month is really nothing. What they want to do, their target is to get down to something in the mid-sixes in terms of $6 trillion. Right. So they have to run off $1.8 trillion dollars. And they, they plan to do it over 60 months. That's five years. Right. That is a really low-key plan to just slow down the amount of cash that's being infused into the market. Yeah. And do you think that this is something that investors have, have been anticipating and, and potentially uh, getting super nervous about or overreacting to? They're getting nervous, they're overreacting, and if if they knew this, they shouldn't be. Right. Uh, I, I just think that people need to slow down and just look at the facts because 
there, I mean, just in the last few days, we've seen, oh, we're going into June. It's QT, quantitative tightening, and it's the end of the world. Yeah. And people are just losing their minds. And I just don't think that's, that's really the case. Why do you think that this hasn't been talked about more? Because I feel like we, we here have, have known that they're going to be doing this for a while now, but I feel like it's not being discussed as heavily as the rate hikes because I, I honestly don't think you people could talk about the rate hikes more at this point. Uh, every time they meet, it's the only thing that people talk about. Um, the Fed is has become super popular. Uh, so why do you think that people seem to be potentially like glossing over what's happening right now with this? It's a complicated story. Yeah. Uh, there, there's no doubt about that. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I, I don't want to make this podcast like two hours long, but one of the things that a lot of people don't understand is this account that exists at the Fed to keep it simple, we'll just call it the Fed's checking account. Um, it, it's TGA, which is, I don't even know. Right. But it's, uh, that is their tax receipts and their, basically their checking account. Prior to the pandemic, the Fed used to keep about $400 billion at all times just sloshing around in this emergency fund. Mm -hmm. At the present time, after two years of all of this stuff, sitting in their checking account is $900 billion. Right. And so more than double the normal amount. Right. Which at the time, before the pandemic, people considered a lot of money to have in the checking Absolutely. account to yep. begin with. Yeah. And so what folks, they're just not connecting the dots. One of the things that we heard a lot of early this year now, we're recording this in, the, in early June. One of the things that we started hearing at the end of last year and the first quarter of this year is, I can't believe the amount of money I'm paying in taxes. Those tax receipts go somewhere. So they go into the Treasury's cash bond. Right. All right. The, the amount of, again, I'm, I'm getting a little off topic with this, but the amount of uh, receipts that came in from taxes paid in 2021 for 2020 was off the charts, like a record high. Yeah. Okay. The tax receipts so far in 2022 for 2021 are 35% ahead of last year's record number. Right. And so I don't think people understand that the government has a ton of money. Yeah. A ton of money. And so what, what that means is the government, the Treasury, is not going to need to issue short-term T-bills for financing their government. Right. Sitting in their checking account. Yeah. It's already there. They've got two and a half years of basically their expenses just sitting there. Yeah. Uh, ready to be drawn down. So the Fed doesn't have to issue as much debt as they had been all along. So that's going to relieve a lot of the pressure. Plus the Fed is doing this controlled sales of their portfolio. So I, I really think that people just need to calm down about this quantitative tightening. The, the people in charge know what they're doing. And they also know that they're 
they've got something that if they just weren't paying attention could set off a nuclear bomb in economic terms. Right. So they know the danger of flooding the market yeah. with bills, notes, or bonds. Yeah. Yeah, I think it it goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning with, you know, extrapolating current circumstances in into the future forever. Um, before the pandemic, you know, when this account was sloshing around at 400, you know, things were fine. You know, the economy was running. Uh, it wasn't, the world wasn't melting. But now, you know, people got used to having all this money in the market. First, it was, I can't believe they're pumping all this money into the system. Like, how, how reckless of them. And now they're freaking out because they're taking money out of the system. It's like, you, you know, we heard for so many months in the beginning how everyone wanted to get back to normal quote unquote and it's like that's kind of what they're doing right now yes, it's they they're just, just slowly very slowly trying to undo what they did to help save the economy in 2020 that's right um so i feel like people kind of just got used to operating under the the pandemic uh economy so to speak and now they're kind of worrying that they're just worried about change. That's part of it. So the the other side of this is if there's so much sitting in TGA, in this basic checking account, you want to call it, for Treasury, that means that, as I mentioned a moment ago, that the Fed doesn't, uh, that the Treasury doesn't have to issue lots of bills, notes, and bonds. I just want you to put your thinking cap on. They're messing with the supply side of their inventory, bills, notes, and bonds. Again, not a recommendation whatsoever, but all I'm going to say is if there's going to be a limited supply of bonds, what's going to happen to the price? They're going to go up. Yeah. I encourage people right now, if you're, if you're a bond holder or a bond investor, and you're looking at this saying, I thought bonds were relatively safe. I can't believe that some of my bonds are down eight, nine, 10%, like what's going on? I'm gonna say what I've been saying all along. Your patience is going to be rewarded because I think that these are going to do just fine over the future. Right. Um, I, can't, I can't get pinned down to saying over the next three, six, 12 months, but there's a limited amount of new bills, notes, and bonds that are going to be issued. And so just think that through for yourself. Yeah. Uh, what, what's going to happen? There's going to be a lot of people looking for bonds yeah. over the next few months. Yeah, that, and that kind of answers one of my next questions I was going to ask. Like, what, is, what does all of this mean for the people listening, for the everyday person? Like, how, are, are they going to feel the impact of this in any way or like is it just something to to be aware of to kind of once you understand it it'll help you be at ease with some of your investments or what does this mean for people so uh, historically i'm not gonna predict the future but historically when we get into these markets in turmoil kind of periods like we've had the first six months of this year uh bonds tend to get really sloppy and then stocks tend to get sloppier. And so the first thing to firm up is usually the bond market. 
And so if you're a bond investor, I think you're going to be a lot happier in the near future. That also portends that stocks are going to improve. Let's face it, they can't be much worse than what we've seen over the first few months of this year. And so we go through these periods of time. Uh, I'm just going to, I'm not even going to talk about 2008, but uh, 2011. We did this in 2015. Um, We did it in the fourth quarter of 2018. And of course, you know, 2020, we had a, a short, short drop down and it came right back up. But, you know, 2011, it was a tough year. Yeah. It was a very tough year. Uh, 2015, you know, we were fielding lots of calls from people who were like, I'm like, I'm losing money in bonds and I'm losing money in stocks. Like, how is this possible? Yeah. So it, it does happen. Um, and I'm going to sound like a broken record, but I lived through 1994 and saw this happen. And again, not trying to predict the future, but uh, bonds got whacked in the first quarter of 1994 by the end of the year they were flat stocks were flat and it set us up for a beautiful 1995 96 97 into 1998 yeah so uh i i will share we'll we'll link to this thread by andy constan uh he um he puts out this report that we've referenced a lot in this talk um he writes a report called the Damped Spring Report. I don't know what it stands for. The Me either. Damped Spring. But um, he did. Uh, he started his career at Bridgewater Associates. That's Ray Dalio's right. uh, firm, and uh, really has a great reputation in the industry for knowing what's happening in the bond market. This guy's a genius. Yeah. So um, very happy to share that. Um, I I know that I've read his work, especially recently, and I'm I'm a lot more optimistic. Yeah, and I think that that a, a thread in a report like this is good for you know people to understand, uh, especially if you're super worried about the markets in general or specifically what what action the Fed is taking to help the economy and inflation and you know pretty much just the the moves that they're making or their game plan because. Feel like a lot of people are focusing on the interest rate decisions, but there's another side to what they're doing as well, and this is, you know, managing their balance sheet, which I think is uh, pretty important too. So this was a good topic to discuss because, like I said before, I feel like it's not as frequently discussed as the interest rate game plan that they have. I I want to just close by saying a a couple of things. Um, first. The last thing that the Fed wants is a recession. Right. They'll do everything in their power to avoid a recession. Just think about that for a second. I mean, if the economy's bad enough, they'll they will lose their job. Well, yeah, and they'll they'll take steps to make sure that it doesn't fall into a recession. 2 years ago, this is the most recent example. 2 years ago, we had a pandemic and we had to uh, shut down the economy for 15 days to flatten the curve. Everybody remembers that. It was a man-made slowdown, shutdown of the economy. What happened? The Fed saw that and took action, and it basically changed the direction of everything. 
Okay. Right. So, they weren't planning on doing what they did. They that they wasn't the game plan moving into 2020. Right. 1987, stock market crashes 22% in one day. Fed steps in and says, we're going to guarantee, uh, we're going to backstop the U.S. economy. Everything started coming right back. So when things happen, when bad things happen, the story will change. The story will change. Right. And so uh, extrapolating these news headlines out into the foreseeable future is just a really bad plan. Yep. Yeah. Nothing is forever. Got that right. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to episode 395. And uh, Tim, we're getting closer to number 400. Yeah. It's a lot of podcast. It is. It's a lot of talking. Yep. Thanks for listening. Tom Maluli is an investment advisor representative with Maluli Asset Management. All opinions expressed by Tom and his podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Maluli Asset Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Clients of Maluli Asset Management may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast.